Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me every Tuesday and Friday to talk all about Bravo TV. On Tuesdays, I report on all the latest news stories happening in the off-screen lives of our favorite Bravo celebrities. And Friday bonus episodes range from one season wonder recaps, Bravo celebrity product reviews, book club discussions, very random deep dives, and so much more. Sit back, grab your drink, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and today's episode is a deep dive into Kyle Richards' book, Life is Not a Reality Show. Kyle wrote her memoir in 2011 after her first season as a Beverly Hills Housewives, and today we'll be digging into Kyle's childhood, relationships, and doling out some of her tips and tricks for being a true Real Housewife. Today's episode is blessed with the presence of Anna Schild. Not only is she a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills super fan, but she's also my virtual assistant who manages all of my social media and website for Bravo Happy Hour. She's basically my very own version of Teddy Mellencamp's accountability coach. And I swear to you guys, Bravo Happy Hour would not be where it is without her. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Like we've been talking about this for months now. Okay, don't let on to people. Don't <laughs> let people in on my laziness. <laughs> You're like, this has been in talks for months after months. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> uh, well, we're here now, but you also were really dedicated and you had to rewatch all of Beverly Hills to get to this point. So I don't think that's laziness. You just take the job very seriously. This is why you work for me. Positive <laughs> reinforcement people. <laughs> Only have positive people around you. Not telling Me- Teddy Mellencamps who text people their pieces of shit and they're too fat. Yeah. We don't, we don't allow that and Bravo have our headquarters. <laughs> so initially when we were talking about this, this was before I was rewatching Beverly Hills and I hated Kyle. You loved Kyle. Yes. So we thought we were going to be going this as like, head-to-head, hating, loving. I love her now. (laughs) Well, yeah. And so 
And you were telling me recently that now you think you are Kyle. So I want to hear why you think you're Kyle now. Well, I'm on the cusp of being a dog mom. So first and foremost, like just dog lovers. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I like Kyle because one, I think she is a good mom and a good wife. And I believe I will be those things one day. Like she is very, I'm like, I have nothing in common with her. I'm so fucking like confident in like none for no reason. But I think I will be like that, like very family oriented, like putting your family first. I think that's important. I think she can sometimes play both sides, which sometimes I do as well. But I do feel like she has a good moral compass and she can stand up for herself when she needs to whether it's with Lisa or Camille Kim sometimes and then yeah the Kim of it all you know like every person including myself there are some people in your life who trigger really bad behavior in you oftentimes it could be a sibling I (laughs) no comment (laughs) like I've never acted or said anything completely rude to my siblings in a moment of weakness (laughs) not in the back of a limo wearing a really skinny black dress maybe in a back of a party in Brooklyn or something (laughs) but yeah definitely not in the the short black mini dress but I so I understand like how she can get to that point and like get out of character and like be like a a true bitch monster which I have again been not often but well and she like reminisces on that like like she this is gonna sound like Teddy Mellencamp but like she kind of takes accountability for it like she talks about it throughout the seasons and is like oh well and in the book too well yeah we're talking about the book but she's like I hate that I hated that moment I mean, so, it was uh, it was a bad moment because, you know, in the whole season, like Camille was kind of looking like she was bullying Kyle and Camille was just such a terror that Kyle like looked like she was like the sane one. And then when the limo scene happened, I think viewers kind of turned and they were like, wait, 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 you're the mean one here. Like you're picking on Kim. Maybe you yeah. picked on Camille. Yeah, I don't know. See, when I was watching it, how I got to like Kyle was, so that's the first Real Housewives show I ever even watched. So like, I didn't have any other ladies to like face off of being my favorite. And like, when you're in season one of the Real Housewives, like, who else are you going to like? I, I don't know. It definitely wasn't going to be Kim Richards. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Kim is anyone's favorite, unfortunately. No, no, I think Kyle is... I don't know. She's like the most relatable one, I think, for all the reasons that you said. She's got dogs. She like tries to be a good mom, tries to be a good husband, like tries to be a good wife. I was like, damn, what do you know about Kyle that I don't? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I definitely was a Lisa Vanderpump head of season one. But yeah, if you listen to episode 141 of this show, I go on a little tear about how Vanderpump is not my favorite. And Jasper, my friend who like listens to every episode of this show and critiques everything he doesn't agree with, like hit me up in the DMs and was like, Brandy is trash. Like the fact that you sat up on the show and talked about how Brandy is a, a good character, like you're, you're fucking wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, wait, I, ha- I, I have an opinion about that too, but <laughs> I think a lot of people have an opinion about that. I know she's a, she's a controversial one. I can't help it. 
Aren't they all though? Pretty much. Yeah, I think. And if you're not controversial, then you really don't have a place on these shows. I think that's like something people kind of realize. And what we were talking about with Cindy from Real Housewives of New York, who came on the show and we were saying, I was, she was like, yeah, I didn't get asked back. I was like, well, you didn't really like do anything. Like you weren't, you know, confrontational in a way. Like you weren't really taking the bait when Ramona was like freaking out on you. You were kind of just like, you're fucking nuts. Like, yeah, I don't care. (laughs) So the book starts off. It is 12 chapters, people, 12 whole chapters. We were talking before we started the show that chapters one through seven, full of fun, interesting stuff. Chapters eight through 12, could have been one chapter. Could have been a one big chapter. Uh, but we will we will get there. I have, I believe, 11 pages of notes. <laughs> as if, like, I have nothing else to do with my fucking time. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Um, the book starts off with chapter one, of course, called Welcome to My World. Kyle is just, you know, going on and on about how difficult it is to be a working mom. And she does compliment people who are working moms without help. Which, like, thank you for acknowledging your privilege up front. This book can be a little outdated with some of her ideals on motherhood and feminism. And well, and I think it's things. interesting to read it now, 10 years later, even though I love Kyle reading through the book, I'm like, well, actually, I don't think you really live like that anymore. So <laughs> do some rewrites. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I definitely think that's interesting because when she started here, like Mauricio was like still working at Hilton and Highland with her brother-in-law Rick Hilton and hadn't started the agency whereas now she is a cajillionaire and you know she has help you know she has a lot of the things that she kind of talks down on in the book and so it's interesting to see how things change when you do get a glow up (laughs) you're like actually uh, we do have a nanny or this or like she really stressed the fact that she doesn't have a nanny but kept saying well we do have a live-in housekeeper yeah it's like well what's I don't get what the difference is really because it's like you really don't think that she's gonna have the housekeeper do some stuff for the kids but she's like oh I need to go here real quick the housekeeper's here yeah well exactly and even like she had like one part in the book which we'll get to and like she talked about it actually on the Real Housewives reunion where Andy was like who knows what a car and a gallon of milk costs and she was like off by five cents like I believe that Kyle does practice what she preaches and I think she really like does you know try to cook and do things but also like she's like I don't have a nanny I don't have a nanny I don't have a nanny it's like yeah well like maybe like having a housekeeper do like your dishes and your laundry and cleaning up and doing this and doing that like that makes your life a lot easier and makes it yeah fun and awesome to be a mom with nothing else right. going on of course yeah. <laughs> it's of course life's easy yeah of course that's true I didn't even think about that see I'm not a mom so like I don't <laughs> I'm almost almost a dog mom so that's (laughs) that's probably why I'm having these feelings (laughs) so during this like it kind of makes sense like I was trying to like go back and think a little bit why Beverly Hills Housewives was so I think game-changing in terms of the Housewives franchises and I think it was because it was like right after the 2008 recession Americans had no money like everybody was struggling and then all of a sudden you see like Lisa Vanderpump and Adrian Maloof being like welcome to my mansion (laughs) my dog is gonna drink out of this Waterford crystal bowl like mine will but like I think it was so interesting that like that's how Beverly Hills you know is kind of seen in 
you know, in pop culture itself, like Beverly Hills, she, 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 like, so, like, so fancy. And then this show just kind of like reinforced it. But she also was always trying to fight that. We're normal. We're just like you. We're just like you. And I feel like she kind of was good at striking the balance between being very like luxury conscious and having a Maserati in the second season, Chanel bags and all of that. But also talking about how she goes to Target and is like a regular mom and, you know, doesn't really get too phased when like her friends have more money than her or have more help or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, now that I'm thinking back to like all of her taglines, they are kind of like around that same premise in the book. I think she's really just trying to make herself seem like a normal human being. I think that's like just her whole brand. Yeah. Is like really trying to be the real, the real housewife. And I think she actually does a really good job. I I think a lot of other shows, I mean, I would say like Candy Burris on Atlanta, like is an amazing mom. Like I get the vibe from her that like, she's a good mom. Like her daughter goes to NYU, like, you know, has a somewhat normal upbringing, all things considered, like being very wealthy and having your mom on a show and like being like a mega star and like Grammy winner. But I feel like she's a really good mom. Kim Zolciak Bierman, just kidding. <laughs> now I'm mom shaming, but I feel like no one's even going to come after me after that. <laughs> like everyone's like, yeah. So she talks about what she's going to kind of be digging into in this book. She says there's a lot of advice that she got from her mother, Big Kathy, who was quote unquote the guru because she was the best at giving advice. If anybody knows me, you know, I love Big Kathy so much. Like I'm obsessed with all Big Kathy stories. Big Kathy folklore, I would call it, <laughs> because <laughs> there's nobody fact-checking any of Buddy's stories about her. And I searched through YouTube and couldn't find a single video of her. I was like, I need to hear her voice. Like, I don't know why, Like, but I feel like she would have like a very like Kathleen Turner, like American movie star voice. Like, because Kyle kind of talks like that a little bit. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. Kyle does like this weird accent, like to sound like she's in an old movie. Well, I can, now that I'm thinking of it, I would have to agree, but I guess you really enjoyed the pages and pages of pictures that are at the end of the book of all of Big Kathy, because I felt like that was half the book. Yeah, Yeah. so the pictures are one of my favorite parts of the book. I cannot wait to go through them, and we'll post some of the photos onto the, well, I mean, Anna will be posting (laughs) the photos. I don't do anything, but we'll be posting some of the photos in there. There's a picture with Bethany Frankel. Where Bethany looked like she, oh, she must have been like 21 or 22 and like fresh eyes, like, like this is crazy. So yeah, that's kind of like the intro paragraph. And she says, quote, being myself is something I do well. <laughs> and now like, it's kind of interesting. You see her change a lot throughout the seasons. And I don't think my opinion of her is done yet. I'm only like mid season five. And I feel like I get frustrated with her again when Dorit comes on the scene and Mm. it's kind of like the Brandy, Lisa, Kyle situation all over again, where she's just like jealous of a newbie coming in and taking LVP's attention where it's like, she doesn't like you, Kyle. She doesn't like anybody. She's only looking out for herself and whatever pawn she can find to get hired onto this show to do her dirty work. Why are, why do you keep like desperately trying to make her like you? Yeah, but I, I think that's what shows how real she is because she doesn't 
know that like that's what's happening she like literally thinks lvp is her best gal pal yeah that's kind of stupid oh yeah that makes me feel bad (laughs) now i'm like that is kind of true like she really does like just not see it (laughs) no oh (laughs) well goodbye kyle (laughs) that i think was the end of that friendship and i've read articles where they're like kyle richards and lisa vanderpump spotted at the polo lounge they didn't talk to each other so i guess they're still not talking to each other so moving to chapter two, it's called Mr. Right. This is basically where she talks all about her relationship with Mauricio and gives me all of the information I need to know while going into new relationships. So she says, you know, everybody asks her for advice and she's gained a lot of insights from her own experience, as well as living in a house with girls and a mom to guide them. Um, as she'll talk about later, it was like her and her two sisters, her mom, who was always like in and out of relationships. And then I think they had like three family friends, daughters living there, and then Kyle's grandma. So it's like a bordello. Like, why are there so many women living alone? Like, you must really hear a lot. Yeah, I wrote a lot of notes on that for that chapter. But (laughs) there's a lot. Yeah. Well, and what I have to say about this Mr. Right chapter is I feel like a lot of it is kind of, she says one thing, and then a couple paragraphs later, she like condescends herself. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Like, it was very hard to read and to, like, try to keep track of because I'm like, wait, 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 so I'm supposed to be myself, but I'm not supposed to let him know anything about me. Wait, 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 so I'm supposed to be confident, be sexy, be all of these, but not too confident, not too sexy. Don't make him, like, don't make him think that. Like, you know, she is, like, very old schooler. She's like, how dare you, you know, date a guy who doesn't pay for all of your dates and how dare, and it's like, yeah, my mom, like, says things like that to me and maybe... I should like consider that. And I've never really dated guys who weren't always going to pay for things in the beginning. But also at a certain point, it's like, we live in Manhattan. If you go out to dinner and like share some wine and maybe get a cocktail after and drinking, eating, appetizer, dessert, like you can run up a bill. And like, there's been nights where I'm like, I'm the one running up the bill. It's me. Like I'm doing the bad thing. So, you know, you got to throw in some money. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to be a deal breaker. I think it's nice sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like, that's what she said was, I don't think the guy should always be paying. But then later on, she's like, I really do think it's important to refrain from paying when you're on a date. And it's like, oh, oh okay. So... But what I found really interesting was all the backstory of, of Mauricio's grandma not liking her at all. Yeah, so that was pretty interesting. Like, she wrote her letters and stuff. Like, that's, that I found very interesting because I don't think that's talked about at all in in Beverly Hills because they make it seem like her, Kyle, and um, Mauricio's mom, like, has a great relationship. So you would think that with the grandma, it would have been similar. Yeah, she kind of implied that because she was divorced so Kyle got married when she was 18 and then had Farah at 19 and then met Mauricio a couple years later and I guess obviously like her having a kid is like a pretty big thing when you're dating someone and he didn't care of course but his family had a big problem she wasn't Jewish she had this kid she was an actress like she had all of the things that they didn't want for him And she really had to like bend over backwards and prove to them that like she 
was a really good woman, like super family oriented. And, you know, after four months of them dating, he was like, hey, I'm in love with you, but would you be willing to convert to Judaism for me? Because that's kind of a deal breaker. And she was like, yeah, of course. Like, and she actually said like growing up in Los Angeles, so many of her friends were Jewish and she always felt like less than and like like she did she always wanted to be Jewish and she said she would like sometimes wear Jewish like star necklaces which like was very much like the town I grew up in like was predominantly Jewish and I was Catholic and I always felt like I was the weird one I'm like Jesus like what Jesus I'm like like, (laughs) Jesus why the hell am I Catholic (laughs) but I always felt like what the hell is wrong with me like why am I not Jewish and then it's so strange because you know going to college and starting to meet new people and they like I know a girl from St. Louis and she moved to New York and was like I've never met a Jewish person in my life I'm like what the fuck like you've never met a Jewish person look at your class like probably half of the kids here are Jewish like that what and then yeah I guess even like my roommate from Texas she's like I didn't grow up with any Jewish people what well, Megan, I have to say, you just related yourself to Kyle in a in another way that you didn't say at the beginning. Um, is there a ticker on this episode? Just like ways that we're just basically the same person. <laughs> it's gonna be hard because then I like shit on her, and then I'm like, wait, am I shitting on me? Is this a projection <laughs> of my own feelings? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say, I am kind of envious of her seemingly great relationship with Mauricio. She says. Her number one tip on a good relationship, you guys, get this. <laughs> Pick the right guy. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Wow. And As she if- takes all the credit for her marriage. <laughs> she says it's because I, she's like, I picked Mauricio knowing he's a good guy. So that's <laughs> yeah. why we have a great marriage. I mean, I'm, I'm very into Mauricio. Looks wise, of course, duh. But also like how he treats her and like rewatching all of the seasons. Like you can feel that they have like genuine chemistry. You can see that he's a good dad. You can see that he comes home early and tries to help the best he can. Later in the seasons now, we've realized he's been stoned the whole time. And so <laughs> even that, I'm like, oh my God, like you're so much cooler now. Like you're rich and a stoner. Like this is so, and you're hot. Like Seth Rogen is just two of the three. Like, Mauricio's <laughs> three of three. Like that's huge. That's a huge, huge thing for um <laughs> for men, for men worldwide. Well, there was one story in here that I thought I thought was interesting because there was something about how her friend called Mauricio and they like had some secret between each other and Mauricio like went and picked up Kyle's friend from a party and never told Kyle. Kyle was like gone on vacation or something and said that was like the biggest fight they had been in. And she said she like felt violated and she didn't trust him or anything. And I don't really understand that. Okay, sure. You shouldn't keep secrets, all he did was go pick up your friend. Shouldn't you be happy? Like, oh, I'm glad you went and picked up my friend who was having an awful time at this party. And yeah, I don't know that, if you remember that. That situation was weird. I like that. She has like, this book is so poorly edited. Like it was such a yeah. mind fuck to read and to take notes for. So she has like in, in each chapter, she has these different sections and each section like has no real bearing as to like, that sometimes like the chapter it's in I'm like what the fuck but that section was called a really bad day and was saying like so I guess the situation was Kyle's friend who also is friends with Mauricio they're couple friends 
called Mauricio to tell Mauricio that she was cheating on her husband, his friend. So they two of them go for lunch together. Questionable. And then, yeah, I guess like she calls him one night and was like, you need to come pick me up. I just left whatever his name is. And like, I would be so I'm another another time. I'm just like Kyle. Stars are just (laughs) like us. But I would be fucking pissed too. Like, okay, you're going to lunch with this girl who's a cheater and like talking about it and like telling everyone around town at lunch that you're cheating and then you call my man to pick you up at 2 a.m call a fucking cab and go to a hotel like and then for them to not I'm like losing my voice I'm like and then for them to not (laughs) tell her I literally just like lost my voice for a second and then for them to like not tell her and keep it a secret like I find that to be so shady yes of course like he's helping her and like it does show that he's a, a good man but I don't know yeah that's true that's true. I don't know. I don't know. I still don't think I would say I felt violated. Like she, she used yeah, the I word violated. Violated is a little like, aggressive. That I think is a little, a little much. She did say she threw a candle at him. And if you guys listen to my high society recap, you know how deeply I feel about throwing objects, <laughs> which, oh my God, wait, we have to just talk about this right now. Yes. I haven't talked about it on the show yet, but if you guys listen to High Society, you know my, fast forward two minutes if you didn't, actually go back and listen to the six yeah. series. <laughs> don't, don't just fast forward. But there's Jules Kirby on that show. So Jules Kirby on that show was just a horrible person. I ragged on her in every single way because she was just racist and homophobic and just wildly ignorant throughout the entire series. And Anna, who is a hawk, found her on Clubhouse. (laughs) So she started following her on Clubhouse. And then I got on Clubhouse and naturally started following her too. And then I ended up in a Clubhouse conversation with Jules talking about the Mia Farrow, Woody Allen documentary. She hadn't even seen it. No, you were leading that room. (laughs) You were leading that room. It was nothing without you. (laughs) It was bizarre. And there was a guy named Chaz. Chaz kept being like, so Megan, what are your thoughts? I'm like, well, nobody in this fucking discussion has watched any of the episodes. Why is this happening? This is so stupid. (laughs) This is bizarre. Oh, it was so weird. But the conversation ended up really going well. I was like talking to Jules and it was so uncomfortable. And then I was getting nervous that they were going to find out that I have a podcast, which they did. And then like, I kind of could feel it happening. And like Chaz was like, okay I was like oh I gotta go like things I'm it was like in the middle of a work day for me and I'm like what the fuck am I doing on chat room right now and I was like okay I'm gonna go and Chaz was like bye like I'll definitely check out your podcast I was like no it's like I like clubhouse I think it's good but also like not everybody can hold up an interesting conversation on the radio like I listened to one the other day and I literally fell asleep at my chair like, this is so fucking boring. This person should not be talking on a platform. Yeah, maybe they're amazing on Twitter, but not on a microphone or in your phone, whatever. Yeah, well, especially when you don't know what you're talking about either. Like, what's the point? <laughs> I mean, I got I got a follower out of it. So, Chaz, <laughs> if you're listening. Shouts out to Chaz. Hey. <laughs> okay, that was a sidetrack if I ever mm-hmm. heard one. So, she's basically saying, you know, you definitely need more 
things than just good chemistry and relationships. Of course, you know, great sex, chemistry, stuff in common is not enough. You need to look at other things like, is he attentive? What's his relationship with his mom? What are his friends like? Does he get along with his family? How does he treat animals? Does he check out other women when he is with you? And I totally feel that last one because I remember I dated a guy in college and one time we were like in the cafeteria and I was obviously just like in love with him. He was like, I kind of like you. (laughs) He's like, I like you a little bit. Like, I don't even like you like you. And he like would look at other girls. And like, I remember sitting there and thinking like, is that a thing guys do? Like, do men ogle women like that? And, And then as I started dating other guys, I'm like, oh no, he was just a piece of shit. Mm. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> See, I'm with it on the animal thing. Being yeah. being a huge animal lover, I think. I'm well, and I'm glad that she put that in there too, because I kind of think that's something a lot of people like skip over. But she was saying, she's like, you need to think of dating as a hiring process. I was like, okay, interesting. She says men are visual creatures. If a guy wants someone who dresses like a porn star, um, he will treat you like a porn star. So I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that. Of course, like look good, look hot, do whatever you need to do. But yeah, like, I mean, that's kind of hard now because I feel like everybody just dresses like Kylie Jenner. Like yeah. I've seen girls like walk in the streets of Manhattan, like even like in a kind of rainy day, like wearing like skin tight body con dresses and these heels. I'm like, where are you going? Like, what are you doing? It's a Thursday at 3.30. Like, where are you going like that? You, what a guy, of course, is going to like you looking like that. But are you going to one day <laughs> be by his side while he opens up the biggest real estate firm in the country? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I put in quotes, what she had said was, You want to make sure you're advertising correctly for the position you have to fill and the kind of person you want to fill it, which, yeah. So I guess that's like what she says. Like, if you're going to dress like a porn star, then they think that they just want to hook up. But if you're going to dress not like a porn star and be somewhat appropriate, not in a skinny black dress in the back of a limo. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it must have been hard for her or just like any of these people who are on reality shows where, you know, you kind of craft your image, you really try hard to look a certain way. And then you have a moment like the limo scene where you just lose your mind. (laughs) Like, how do you like get like out of the limo and you're like, honey, um, I did something bad. (laughs) Like I did did something really, really bad. Like she's like, this is not going to be good. (laughs) No. Well, and no, and I'm pretty sure that was the season finale too. So like it just ended with like the credits of what happened with everyone. So we never saw the after the aftermath of that. No. And then Kim, I believe one, no, did Kim go to rehab after season two or after season one? Cause Kim missed a reunion and I, (laughs) I'm like going back in my brain. I think it was season two. Oh, I don't know. I mean, she's been a couple of times, right? But, but even Mauricio was in on that limo conversation didn't he jump in but yeah I think he was at outside the limo kind of waiting but I mean at that point like they'd been together for so long like he has seen the freakouts he's seen the good bed the bad and the ugly right and I also don't think that was the first time Kim and Kyle have had like a knockdown drag out fight yes this might be the first time it was on camera and she's like pulling her dress down the whole time which she talks about which was so funny <laughs> but yeah I definitely don't think he was unaware of that Kyle can get like that bad and also Mauricio can clearly like get feisty like we saw him like yelling at 
Brandy at like Yolanda's event where he was like really upset with Brandy about like what she said about Adrian and Paul. And he was like yelling at her. I was like kind of, uh, again, like, am I a Brandy apologist all of a sudden? <laughs> but I actually am getting to the part of season five where she like kind of starts turning into like, see you next Tuesday. So I kind of <laughs> can get it. But we'll see how I, how I feel later on as I, as I keep watching. But he definitely did like go at her. So I'm like, oh, maybe he likes to scrap too. Hmm. Well, I think he gets feisty with Ken too. Yeah, definitely after the magazine situation in Puerto yeah. Rico, he's like, don't fucking come for me and my wife and try to embarrass us. Like for what? Like, are you my friend? Or are you not my friend? What is it? What a good guy. I think, think he's a good guy. He really does. And like, I just, any in a different way than how Ken does. Like Ken is really aggressive, like calling um calling Yolanda stupid he's like you're so stupid so stupid (laughs) like I love that and then when I mean I like I just have been watching and really enjoying it and when Kim's like shut up you're (laughs) why don't you call him a stubborn old man shut up (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and Kim was like actually probably sober that one night and she was just like I'm gonna fucking tell this little asshole off like you're mean like you're mean to everybody and we're sick of it we're not tolerating anymore asshole (laughs) see there's so many great Beverly Hills moments I'm glad you're reliving it thank you thank you (laughs) (laughs) so Kyle basically just says you know like being confident is super important obviously keeping up with how you look um stay away from bad boys and really hot guys and give nice guys a chance like Okay, yes, of course that all makes sense. But like Mauricio's hot and nice. And I would agree with her that he got hotter with age, which like yeah. is an unfortunately rude thing that happens to men. So she also says, you know, obviously like you want to always make sure that like he's hunting you and you're not too desperate. You know, to always remain independent with your own interests and have things going on outside of your relationship, which I totally agree with. And, you know, obviously you've got to nourish his sense of self. You've got to tell him he's hot and fabulous and stroke his ego and build his confidence, which, duh, of course. Like, and it goes both ways. It goes both ways. And she said, a woman who is comfortable with herself and not seeking approval is more alluring than one who puts herself down, which I completely agree with. I've definitely Mm -hmm. had girlfriends who you know, have brought their boyfriends around and then they're ragging on themselves in front of the guy. I'm like, he would never know that. Like he would never know you act. I mean, he probably knows you act like that sometimes, but like, not like you think about it and you're going to bring it up in front of your fucking friends. Talk to a therapist. (laughs) Don't bring that up. Well, now that I think about it, are they the only Beverly Hills couple who hasn't gotten like divorced or anything besides Lisa and Ken? Like OG? OG? Yeah. Because it's Taylor, which obviously rip in peace, uh, Russell. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, Paul, Dunn, Kim, never with anybody. Uh, Camille, obviously, Dunn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she, I mean, her relationship is an anomaly on these shows. And I think it is something that you, you do need to like respect a little bit because I can't really think of even like going through all the franchises in my head how many people have actually stayed together yeah Beverly Hills that would probably be it well there's there's Dorit and PK they're still together I mean Erica and Tom (laughs) good luck awkward (laughs) too soon soon. (laughs) Carlton and that guy done yes yeah uh who else is on Beverly Hills 
Yolanda and David. David, mm-hmm. my love. I've, I've, yeah. We all knew that was going to be done. And he, they just had his, another baby. Mm-hmm. I didn't report on it on a normal news episode because, again, like, I must draw the line. Like, <laughs> the ex-husband of a former house. Like, I talked about when she got pregnant. So that was that's all I need. And I guess I'm talking about it right now. So, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I mean, that goes to show. Like, I do think they have, like, a pretty legit marriage. I mean, they have how many freaking kids together? Obviously, they really like each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they have three together, and then Farah was from the first husband. Yeah. I mean, good for her. She clearly... And also, you know what? I like that Kyle does have a certain strength in her, which she'll talk about her first marriage a little bit later on. But to be so young, to really not have any money, and to still say, like, I need to get divorced. <laughs> like, something is not right. Like, something isn't okay in this situation like takes a lot of strength and to be so young and to be like a mother with a newborn of a year and get out of your relationship like takes a lot of balls and so yeah she clearly like knows what she wants and, and what she doesn't want yeah we stand kyle here this is a kyle richards apologist podcast we, <laughs> will, we stand for everything she does <laughs> not everything but we'll go there Chapter just ends with, you know, him winning her over because of how much he loved Farah and how much how and how he prioritized spending time with her and Kyle together, taking her to Disneyland and whatnot. She said she also really admired the friends that he had and said, like, you know, it's a really like you have to look at the friends your husband hangs out with. And a lot of and she said all of the friends that he had when they were first dating in their 20s. Um, they all have the same wives as they did then. So it's a testament to like his friends being mm-hmm. good men who are actually willing to commit. And I was actually talking with um, one of my, one of my family friends, dads was just talking and she was, he was saying, he was like, I can't like, I feel so bad for you girls. I'm to date now. And we were, and we were like, yeah, it sucks. Like, it's really hard to find like a good man. And he was saying like, you know, the thing I find that young men are struggling with now is just like commitment. Like, having all of these options and online dating and this and that, like you don't need to, why would you commit when you can have a million options and it's so much easier to not commit and to not do that. Whereas like in the olden days, that's just like what everybody did. You married the person who was from your neighborhood and your small town and then that's it. And then that's your life forever. And he's like, and now people are so scared to commit that, you know, it's, it's getting harder and harder for women to find like a decent man who's not going to fucking sit his ass on an app when you're out to dinner with your girlfriends. <laughs> like, it's fucked up. Well, you know, that's why we have to thank Miss Kyle Richards for putting down all this awesome dating advice in her book for right. us ladies to read and find our Mauricio. We're all looking for a Mauricio, a nice Jewish boy who is Mexican, but not really Mexican. We'll get there. <laughs> His lineage was very interesting, which, which I was actually quite shocked about. Um, so chapter three is called Learn the Language. And this is all about how women and men communicate in very different ways. And so to communicate with your husband in a way that doesn't degrade him or doesn't belittle him to feeling he's like not a man um, while also getting the way, okay, while also getting what you want is, is skillful art. She said she has an excellent education about the male species because of growing up in the house with her mom and all the other women. Mm-hmm. And so, so she was talking about how Kathy was 10 years older than her and Kim was five years older than her. So by the time that Kathy met Rick Hilton, 
Kyle was five, like only five years old. So she's known Rick her whole life. At Kyle's wedding, Rick actually walked her down the aisle because her father had passed away at that point. And so I found that really interesting that they Hmm. must have been so close. And so for Mauricio to start the agency and go against Rick and the Hilton family, like that must have been like a really, really big blow to their family dynamic. Yeah, but with that, I don't know. I still feel like I would be happy for someone that like in my family, like you're going to go out and open up your own agency. Like, hell yeah, go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, but yeah, I, I, I think like that, like, it's a great, yeah. Do your thing. Like, f- like, cause of course it's like, it was his first job in real estate. So of course, like you're going to grow there, you're going to grow there. And of course you're going to move on and, and start your own thing. But I think there could potentially have been a stealing client situation where Mauricio mm. ended up like taking his clients from Hilton Highland to the agency, which again happens like in any type of situation where, you know, the person who starts their own business, of course, they're going to take some people that they met from their old industry or the old company. But I think because it was family, it made things a little, a little messy. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I thought here, she talked a lot about the whole like dating university of her household and well first she said that she slept in bed with her mom until she was 15 because she was so afraid of having filmed Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 and like I can imagine that's probably hella traumatic I probably wouldn't want to sleep in bed by myself either but 15 no wonder big Kathy hardly ever had any relationships because Kyle was in bed with her they're like um hey Kathy yeah we'd love to date and go out but I just don't want your almost adult daughter in bed with us that's a no yeah and like how how all of the other girls like how she learned all this information was from listening to all the other eight ladies who lived in a house together telling all about their dating life but I don't know that I would want to tell my mom and my grandma all about my dating life. I'm shocked that they all were that close together. Like, it sounds like it was just a sorority. Like they were all just living in a sorority house. They didn't care that like they were family. You're my mom. You're my grandma. Like, you're just going to find out about everything. Yeah. I definitely got the feeling that their relationship with big Kathy was more of like, uh, you're a cool mom. Like you like to talk about sex with us and you're more of a friend than a quote unquote mother. And the lines were clearly blurred there. There was one part of the book where she was saying, where she was talking about how one of the girls didn't have a guy call her back. She goes, that's because you are an idiot and didn't handle yourself properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Like>, Poor girl. Like, <laughs> yeah, hopefully that wasn't Kim. She's so fragile. <laughs> oh my. Oh. And then you think like, I mean, there's some crazy shit about Kim. I don't remember what chapter it is, but we'll get there. There was like one thing that I saw about Kim. I was like, ooh, I don't even know what that makes me think about her. Oh, it's weird. So, you know, Big Kathy says, of course, don't sleep with the guy right away. You need to wait until he shows that he truly cares about you. And, you know. Well, and Kyle said that she made Mauricio wait like months. She put in the book. Yeah. She didn't say exactly how many months. Like, does that mean two months? Like just enough for it was a plural? Or... Yeah, right. She's like, well, technically it was about one month and one week. So it's actually basically two whole months. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. She ends up saying her. Um, so, okay. One of the little sections in the book says 
the best advice I ever got from my mom, some of which love. Carry yourself with confidence, speak your mind, never be intimidated by anyone, always act like a lady, play hard to get, but be smart about it. Always put your kids first, have the signature look and don't overpluck your brows. I agree. I think those are great. Those are great pieces, tidbits of advice. That's a lot of it. That's, that's a lot there. <laughs> I know. My mom would like, be like, be yourself and have fun. Right. Oh, okay. Like do all these things, please. <laughs> yeah. So she says the most fundamental rule of anything is faking it till you make it. People automatically avoid people who are desperate for validation, which is totally true. And I will agree with that. And she says this thing. She says, quote, only bullies and other controlling types are drawn to individuals who advertise their poor self-esteem. And I think that's a good way of kind of describing Lisa Vanderpump when it comes to like the people she's tried to like be friends with over the Mm. years, especially Brandy, you know, these controlling types who are drawn to individuals who advertise their poor self-esteem. Brandy came in as like a wounded woman. Oh God. She's so desperate. And she was like, oh, I can fucking make this girl fall in love with me and my husband and think we're her parents. Some foreshadowing there. Didn't even know it. Mm. (laughs) Spooky. (laughs) There's a lot of foreshadowing in this book, which I really enjoy because it's after her first season of being a housewife. Like she's not ready to write a book yet. No. Well, I don't think she wrote this book. That's another thing. (laughs) Well, I mean, duh. (laughs) But I don't know who did because this is not a very good written book for like to have paid a ghostwriter. To do yeah, it. I don't know who wrote this. That's a really, really, really good question. But yeah, I don't really, I can't really see her sitting down and, and typing away. Maybe she gave like bullet notes and someone kind of came in and filled in the gaps. I think we probably have more notes than she did to write uh, this book. <laughs> most definitely. And like, if there was a quiz on this book, like we would score higher than her. Oh yeah, <laughs> like most definitely. <laughs> You're like, wait, you don't remember this story that happened to you in your childhood? What do you mean? Huh? It was on page fifty-six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. So, well, one thing I thought. So when she was kind of talking about like being a little bit of a mystery, she said Mauricio doesn't even know that she wears Spanx. I know. I'm like, what? But I like. I don't know. Like I, I, how does that happen? I like, get it. But like, I can't imagine like when in the mix of like getting four like kids dressed to go somewhere, you are both like you and your husband are getting dressed to go to an event. Like they all are always getting together in the same room. Like how has he never not caught glimpse of that? You know? Yeah. Also, like when you get home from an event and you're like taking your dress off, you're not like, oh, let me go to the bathroom first. like hiding it under the sink like what are you like right right modern corset that's true yeah no I thought that was interesting like yeah they don't need to know every single detail of your life but like I don't think spanks are a big deal (laughs) yeah I don't think it's the the deal breaker of a century (laughs) she says that her mom kind of her mom always put in their ears that women should be sparkling which means you know outgoing fun funny and smart But she did say you don't want to get too comfortable with your man, God forbid, because you don't want to make the mistake of relating to him as if he were one of your girlfriends, which I agree with. I've definitely like been with 
men I'm dating and like I'm just like talking and talking and talking about like something that like they're like what skims fucking body wear I don't fucking (laughs) care like what are you doing like that's friend conversation I'm boyfriend conversation so I get that but you know don't complain to him that you feel fat that you hate your hair that you don't know what to do my feet are gross because if you put yourself down in front of your man then he's going to start seeing you in that light too which makes sense it's a a nasty cycle thanks big happy right thanks kath love you mean it yeah we need a big kathy book whatever happened to that r.i.p i mean technically that was house of hilton which you guys go back and listen to the two part three part i was like two fucking uh, years ago yeah that was a while ago really long time ago go listen to that if you guys want like really creepy in-depth things about that family however i don't know if any of that's just true because that guy that writer was salacious jerry oppenheimer i think his name is i should get him on the show that'd be interesting well i i hope maybe we'll get some like good hilton juiciness with kathy now yeah i think there's got to be something good that will come from from her being on the show because even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. It's her sister. Like there's, mm-hmm. the, there's a lot of beef between the two of them. I get Kim in for an evening. Just <laughs> throw Kim in just for fun. <laughs> Can't wait. So she ends this chapter talking about her first love. She was obviously a teen actress. And her first love was C. Thomas Howell, who was really hot. And played mm-hmm. Pony Boy and the Outsiders. And they had dated for four to five years until he decided that he wanted to date Ray Don Chong, who's Tommy Chong's daughter from Cheech and Chong, the fucking potheads. Mm. So he he dated Tommy Chong's daughter and they actually got married. So good for them. Uh, so yeah, they dated and he broke up with her. And, you know, she was crying like crazy one time. And I guess Big Kathy was like, get a hold of yourself, woman. You never cry like this over a man. (laughs) I love it. Well, and so she talked about how her and Mauricio met and like she was a game player. 
said that, um, well, maybe it was him who was playing the game, but like someone didn't call someone for a week. And then she like acted like she didn't want to see him again for a while. Cause she was like, you didn't call me for a week. Yeah. I think that was like after they first met, like they met at some nightclub and they exchanged numbers and she was engaged when they met to some older man, some older gentleman. And yeah, I guess he like went to Mexico on vacation for a week and didn't hit her up. And so like Mm -hmm. when he called her, she was like, are you fucking kidding? No. I feel like that's like some sex in the city dating advice. Most definitely. (laughs) You got to wait a week. And then when he calls, you have to be very, very busy. He needs to know that you're in demand, which was another funny kind of story that she was saying. So I guess one time Mauricio had had friends in town and he told Kyle that weekend that he wasn't going to be able to see her all weekend. And she's like, I don't understand why would I not be able to hang out with your friends? And they had been spending like all their time together since they had met. And so I guess she then was like, okay, I'm, how am I going to be petty Betty and make him jealous? So she ends up calling her ex-boyfriend. They end up going to a nightclub, but she guesses that he's going to be going to. She like gets a new dress, looks really hot, goes to the nightclub. What do you know? She runs into Mauricio. She like introduces the guy she's with and he is with a girl and some of his friends and so obviously she sees them not happy then double why well, say love triangle her ex-fiance comes to the bar too and all three of them are together I guess the ex-fiance and then the ex-boyfriend started kind of like having words with each other and then Mauricio comes in saves the day mm-hmm. with his cape and was like hey guys like chill out like let's not do this whatever and then Kyle like told her date. She like, she's like, hmm, I got what I wanted. And she's like, take me home right now. So he takes her home, whatever. And then she said, like clockwork, 20 minutes later, Mauricio called her and was like, are you okay? I just want to let you know, like my mom set up this date with this girl from Mexico and she was in town and I couldn't say no. My mom told me to just be a gentleman and take her out because she knew I loved you and you know, I, I was honest with her and told her, like, you can hang out with my friends and me, but like, I'm not interested in that. And the rest is history, you guys. I have some feels about that story. And I'm kind of embarrassed that she shared that (laughs) story, to be honest. Like you did, like, this is what you did to like, that's aggressive, get, get his and get his attention. And like, if I was a guy, and I was like dating you and then you showed up with your ex-boyfriend to like, obviously you're trying to show me up. No, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Like, and she said like, she purposely walked by his table and all this stuff. I'd be like, uh, no, I don't know. No, and I then how, and it's a little desperate. I think so. Yeah. And like how she thought she was like all big and bad because she did that. I don't know. But like also what she was in her 20s. So yeah, I mean, the things I would have done at like 21 to, to just not, not something I would ever like write in a book, maybe. Right. Um, yeah. But like, that's like, she's talking about people don't need to know every detail of your life. Like, I don't need to know that detail of your <laughs> life. I'm waiting for Mauricio to decide to write a book. It's probably a matter of time. Oh, I feel like it'll be like some kind of agency book where it's all about house selling. How to sell your dream home. Mm -hmm. Probably. 
So chapter four is the job not the job's not over once you're hired. So this is basically all about how after you get the guy, job's not done. You have to water your marriage like a plant and you cannot ignore it. You have to make sure that the romantic bond stays healthy and strong throughout the duration of your relationship, of course. She talked about how she grew up with divorced parents, which made her feel like she could always leave situations. Um, and then she talks about her first husband saying he was shy and quiet and really liked to just play golf and stay home. And she felt kind of stifled because all of her friends were in college at the time. And she was at home by herself with this husband and a baby and wasn't having any life outside of him. And he clearly was a lot older than her. And I'm not surprised she was like, I gotta go. Like, I want to be drinking margaritas with Mauricio and having fun. Right. Boring. Yeah, exactly. Good decision. Yeah, definitely a good decision. And also, like, when you're 19, 18, that's so young to be getting married and settling down and, and choosing a life for yourself when you have barely experienced life. Yeah. She says people in relationships must embrace commitment, like my friend's dad said. He said, you know, you must provide support and encouragement to your spouse. Um, and you also need to explicitly tell a man what you need from them because they don't have the same type of emotional intelligence that women do. So you can't really get mad at your partner for something if he has no idea that he's doing it mm-hmm. or not doing it in this case. So she talks a little bit about, so in the early stages of being married, Mauricio ended up getting fired from a job that he wasn't really qualified for. And this actually inspired them both to take a real estate exam. And Kyle let us know 15 times she scored third in the class, third in the class, third in the class. Mauricio scored first, of course, her king, the genius Mauricio, mm-hmm. uh, real estate mogul extraordinaire. From there, he started working at Hilton and Highland, which is Rick's company. And then obviously from there built the agency, which was maybe just a, a pee in his brain, a thought that he once had. Maybe I'll start my own agency. And voila. Now here we are. So in this section, she talks about how you've got to keep the romance alive. You always have to care about your appearance and just try to present your best self to him. She talks about a time when she went to the grocery store in sweatpants and a ponytail and ran into someone who had been at a open house of Mauricio's and she said with a husband like that you really shouldn't be running a running around town looking like you do yes I know I could not believe that I would probably be traumatized if someone came up and said that to me I would get fucking like eyelashes and I like I'd get fake eyelashes I'd get like my whole face just like automatically done so I wouldn't get that tattoo on like my face like for eyeliner I saw a girl do that once and it was like so scary but or, like or this is when you like hire someone to go out and do that stuff yeah exactly <laughs> this is where the housekeeper should be coming in to play yeah. after that point <laughs> she talks about how Sometimes she wakes up, immediately brushes her hair and her face, and sometimes she puts lip gloss on. And oh goes my back god! To bed. Like what? Uh, I can't. I can't believe that. Like you think you think your husband thinks that that's what your lips like look like in the morning, like mm-hmm. glossy. Ugh. Who likes a lip gloss kiss either? Like that's well, always like the worst. That's Ooh. what I'm thinking, and I can't imagine Mauricio being a guy who's all about that. Like sticky lips? No. 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 And like. She said how, like, when she knows he's going to be home in, like, five minutes or something, she runs upstairs and puts on lip gloss. And I'm like, you're telling me he's never seen you without lip gloss on? 
I'm sorry, but like lip gloss is not like a miracle face changer. Like, no. It's just lip gloss. Also, like lip gloss doesn't always do it. It's like maybe if it was like a mascara, like I could see that, like mm-hmm. making your face pop a little bit, a little blush, a little rouge, maybe that. But a lip gloss, and even like the one she talks about in her like style by Kyle section. It's like this glossy beige color. It's like, yeah, Kyle, we've seen that look. You've got to find a new look. Like you decided Mm -hmm. to move on with the long hair, which is for the best. But the lip gloss is the next thing that that needs to step into 2021. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Go ask Rinna for one of her lip (laughs) kits because you need it. Maybe she has one named after her. Oh my God. Honestly, probably. Like the bathing suit that Dorit named after all Yeah. <laughs> so she talks about how her marriage isn't perfect. They both kind of agreed early on that that they want to be happy. So let's not hold grudges. And, you know, I feel like she's talking directly to Vanderpump when she's saying that. <laughs> she says sometimes they go to bed angry, but they have a ritual that they do every night. They end up saying, you know, I love you. And they kiss before they go to bed, regardless of if they're happy or angry that night. She said, it's the first step towards letting go of your anger. And in the morning, you're not holding on to as much animosity, which I enjoyed. I think that's, that's nice. Unless he takes your friend out <laughs> and you throw a candle at him. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know I guess they probably the didn't do it that night. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um so she talks a little bit about she makes this one section called pull a wall put a wall around your garden and she talks about that implying that like you need to have a wall around your family and your man to protect them at all costs so it's like you know an amazing way of doing that or not doing that going on a reality (laughs) show like putting everything like there is no wall on reality shows simply because that's the nature of what you sign up for mm. that's the nature of the beast i i feel like she didn't know what she was getting herself into definitely not i don't think any of these people do no <laughs> but like i mean real real housewives was pretty new back then when beverly hills came out wasn't it yeah i think it was the third franchise megan i'm slipping <laughs> i'm slipping what happened to me <laughs> this is all i have you guys i should no. know this but i don't care she talks about how she's not into girls or guys night out. She said nights are reserved for families and couple events and the evenings out where it's a girl's night or a guy's night could lead to potential temptation. She says mm-hmm. she doesn't like flirting with other guys because she's shy and awkward. Not the night that she had her ex-husband, boyfriend, no, ex, ex-fiance, boyfriend, and ex-boyfriend in one room fighting for her. And there could have been a fourth guy who mm-hmm. she maybe kissed once in that establishment. Well, and what I have to say about I don't believe in girls' nights once you're married. Once you're married. Okay, but what about all the trips you take with your housewives? Like, <laughs> I don't, you don't believe in any of that? It's a work trip. <laughs> she talks like, about her actor crush and says it's Mark Ruffalo who looks exactly like Mauricio. <laughs> like, their comparison is uncanny and it's like, oh, well, at least we know you have a type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she talks about cheating a little bit she says you know if your partner needs to cheat you need to assess the good in the relationship and see if it's worth staying and then she recounted a story about how her friend had cheated on her husband and told kyle and kyle told her to forget that it ever happened to never tell your husband 
and said to her friend, why would you destroy your whole life? Just forget about it, learn from it and move on. Would she be saying it if it was the other way around? Well, that's not what she says because before that she talks about some girl's husband said said to her that, oh, I had like way too much to drink one time and I cheated. And she was like saying, you need to leave him. And then she's like, um, to her other friend, you need to stay and pretend like it never happened or it'll destroy your life. It's like, well, if that's the logic for everything, who's to say that Mauricio hasn't done that and then just said, you know, in his head, you know what, I'm going to keep this to myself. I don't want to destroy my life. Well, so, so this is what she said. If this is the one that you're really in love with and you've created a wonderful life together, then maybe you should try to make it work. It will be really hard, but perhaps you can try to forgive him and go forward with your marriage and keep your family intact. Okay, but to your friend, you're saying, don't even, don't even tell him. Like, no, this didn't happen. Like, we're never going to talk about this again. I didn't hear what you just said. That's a major double standard. That kind of pissed me off that she told us two stories like back to back. Like, am I just like not hearing it right? No, no, no. It was like completely like that where, you know, you're reading one thing and you're then like, wait, wait, wait. So everything you just said back there, you flip it around when it's your friend on the other end of the cheating. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, who's to say that the men in these situations who cheat on their wives don't have friends saying the exact same thing. And they're like, oh yeah, you're right. I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell my wife. The same that happened with all those rumors about Mauricio, like how you were kind of in that situation. And now how do you feel about it, Kai? (sighs) Well, this was, this book was before all of the cheating rumors came out. Yeah. Yeah. So now I want to know her opinion on those stories. Well, now it'll all be more. I mean, it's she's bound to write another book. That's like not a good idea for a housewife to like blow their load after their first season. Wait it out four or five seasons. Give us something to really latch on to. You think she'll write another book? Probably. Hmm. About showbiz. (laughs) Tales from a child actress. (laughs) Tales from being the sister of a major child actress. (laughs) I'm honestly kind of shocked that wasn't her her first book. I mean, I'm thinking, well, Kim is in the works for her own book. There was some legal trouble she had with the ghostwriter for that one. Maybe it's potentially the same ghostwriter for this one. Oh, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not too. I would be sad if Kim's book was better than Kyle's book though. I mean, I think it would be, I think it's going to be a lot juicier. I think Kim has less things to be like mindful of. I think she like doesn't give a fuck at this point. (laughs) Whereas Kyle's still like, you know, I'm putting up this front as like being a perfect woman. What can I do? Where Kim is like, I've given up a very long time ago when I was caught stealing from Target. Like like, at that point, things, things, um, stopped bothering me. Yeah. (laughs) So we move to chapter five, which is all about Big Kathy, her mom, Big Kathy. She talks about how she had big red hair, green eyes, was 100% Irish, and had a strong, dominant personality. She had been married four times. She had a lot of Big Kathy-isms, which they said. She said, hello, stranger, to men on the phone. She was draped in furs. She... uh, and then Kyle, like, in the Kathyism section, like, again, the editing of this book is so bad said like a strange anecdote about like one of her boyfriends being at her house and her realizing that he only had three 
that he had three Viagras missing and that's how he knew he was cheating on her and like how old was Big Kathy like how old was Kyle when Big Kathy is like recounting the story to her daughter about her boyfriend's missing Viagra yeah that's what I'm saying I don't they have a well they had a very um interesting family dynamic in the um dating university house yeah, most definitely. And in House of Hilton, we said some pretty salacious things that this Jerry Oppenheimer guy was saying. So go and listen to that because I don't even know. I'm like, this show has gotten a lot bigger since those days. So I don't know if I can like comfortably say those things. Um, somehow I have some editorial judgment at this point, whereas then I didn't. So um, go listen to those recaps there I think they're two hours each <laughs> like that was before I realized I can split things into <laughs> I guess one hour long episodes but you live and you learn so Big Kathy was the first momager before Chris Jenner she managed all three of the girls's careers and Big Kathy herself actually had wanted to be an actress so it makes sense that she kind of pushed the girls into it she said Kathy gave the girls a lot of confidence, always telling them nobody was smarter, prettier, or more talented than them. Like, that's big Kathy's advice. Like, my mom would always be like, Megan, you're never going to be the prettiest. You're never going to be the smartest. You're never going to be the richest. Just be yourself. <laughs> like, why are our, like, why are things so different? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, but that's the thing is I think big Kathy didn't act like they were their moms. They're like given best friend advice bad bitch yeah. advice yeah that's <laughs> for real some bad bitch advice <laughs> she talks about how her mom would always rock the 10 carat ring that kyle wears now and 10 carats is massive like her wedding ring looks like nothing in comparison to this 10 carat ring is that not the one that got stolen I don't know if that's the one Kyle Richards because I I did get kind of sad reading that because she did talk about the ring a lot and I was like oh I don't think it was my mom's ring in my drawer I took this picture the night before I was burglarized I talked to myself if I ever was burglarized how would I remember exactly what I have so I took a photo in case of what happened talk about manifesting that's bizarre Mm, okay that's odd (laughs) like and then you get burglarized the next night yeah I don't know how I feel about that yeah I don't know how I feel about that either it's a little sketchy that's like that's that sounds like some Carlton shit right there Uh, that's not Kyle that's Carlton right there. um okay wait I know like we haven't really talked about Carlton in person yet but the one thing that really freaked me out was when Kyle was like after our fight like Carlton like brainwashed my computer and it had like all of the things coming up on the screensaver mm-hmm. where it was like faker death <laughs> yes that actually creeped me out I was like I need to watch a different tv show right now because I'm trying to fall asleep <laughs> and I'm like actually scared like is Carlton putting a hex on these people like why is Joyce's husband throwing up violently yeah or she- do you think do you think the computer was like a production thing or do you think that was real I believe in ghosts (laughs) and witchcraft. I do believe in witchcraft. That trick was like witchy. Like, and I don't know, like she was like, once I had children, I only practiced light magic or white magic or something. And I'm like, um, dark, light, whatever magic you're doing or witchery. I'm so ignorant. I'm like, witchery. I sound like (laughs) fucking guile. I'm like, witchy poo, like whatever shit you do, uh, like definitely put some bad energy into the world. And 
I believe she yeah. casts a spell on Joyce's husband. Yeah, that was sketch. That was really sketch. It was really weird. <laughs> so Big Kathy always told her and the girls that, you know, nobody was superior to them, um, regardless of their job or the square footage of their home. She was not a snob and that was something she really liked about her but it's like yeah honey when you're like my mom loved fur coats diamonds and cars it's like i bet your mom's not a snob at all Mm -hmm. not a little bit big kathy came from new york city so she had that new york city vibe her dad was a big attorney for manhattan and big kathy's first husband who was kyle's father was the ceo of a large retailer company and together the family lived in bel-air so kyle I was born in this town. Richards really was born in this town. In this town, in Beverly Hills, like she's always like talking like that. Okay, God. <laughs> we get it. She said her mom was basically Corella DeVille, but quote unquote nice. She always had long red nails, perfume, huge diamond rings and cocktail rings, diamond chokers, pearl chokers, turquoise and silver squash blossom jewelry. But yet she's not a snob. No, not a snob. (laughs) Not a snob at all. (laughs) Lots of furs, cars, and cigarettes, much to her dismay. She said her mom always told her that the girls needed to learn how to groom themselves and to not waste their life sitting in a salon, which I kind of agree with. Mm-hmm. Well, she t- she mentioned here that she has friends who go to the salon every day and haven't washed their own hair in years. And I kind of wonder if that's LVP. Because, like, yeah. every time you see her, she has the same hairstyle. Like, I wonder if she just wakes up, goes to the salon, and they just they just do her hair. You know Rocio is doing her hair. Like, oh. poor Rocio must know how to do everything. She's like, would you like more tea? I hated that one scene where Ken was, like, they were, like, collecting dresses for the girls who were in foster care, and <gasps> they were all giving the dresses to the girls. And Rocio was like, oh, I love that dress. I want that dress. And he goes, these are for underprivileged girls, Rocio. You're very privileged. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm literally waiting on you two and spend at least two hours every day dry cleaning an, a puppy with alopecia's clothing. Like, <laughs> this is, and potentially blow drying your fucking wife's hair. Yeah. Like, of course, yeah. yes. Privileged in the sense of, like, you could be a housekeeper for anybody else and you're privileged to be their housekeeper, but still like you're at two people's beck and call all day and are just like surrounded by diamonds and, mm-hmm. and rich British people. Like that's yeah. not really a privilege. Yeah. Well then I wonder who, who isn't washing their hair every day on their own. Um, I mean, Faye Resnick definitely does her own hair. <laughs> oh, Megan. I definitely want to do like a whole, deep dive into the morally corrupt Faye Resnick and read her book that's like on my list because I'm fascinated by the one who always wanted to be a real housewife but just never could make it there really couldn't make it there and Kyle tried year after year (laughs) well I I feel like that's kind of like a very fine line with her like a lot of shit could come up with all that and I wonder if Bravo just like doesn't even want they're like no we can't do this. Well, they tried to make the OJ thing happen with that one chick, Catherine. Yes. Yeah. She was just like a a non-person. She was not, she was not a good addition to the show. (laughs) It was so funny when like Rinna goes up to her and she's like, OJ. (laughs) Like that's the first (laughs) thing she says to her. (laughs) She's like, oh, wow. I love that this is not following me or anything through my whole Mm -hmm. life. Cool, 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 cool. 
yeah but that that lady she also wasn't a reactor at all like she wasn't a good person (laughs) for Faye to battle that with like she needed a brandy to battle that with oh my god brandy was there yeah a good situation for tv not in real life yeah I, I mean she wasn't taking the bait at all she's like fuck this like why am I even here like and then it was hard to be like Catherine you're only here because of that period that's it nobody was like mm-hmm. so interested in mm-hmm. your life that they were like we need to get this woman on her husband was really hot so yeah well I think that was her whole thing was like talking about being a football player's wife oh yeah oh, I get it but I'm like I don't even like sports I don't care yeah I'm like <laughs> People who watch Bravo TV are not into sports. Like, we don't know. We spend all our time watching Bravo TV. We don't have time. This is my sport. Yeah. (laughs) I'm on varsity. (laughs) No, you're the coach, Megan. You're the coach. Oh, hell yeah. I love to hear it. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Okay. So she has one little section that talks about hurting. This is about how her mom passed away from cancer. Her dad died died from cancer, but she didn't mention what kind. And her mom died from breast cancer. She said after her mom passed away, she was suffering from real severe pain and health problems all around her body, having panic attacks, pain in her shoulder, ringing in her ears. And she went to a million doctors and none of them had any cures for her. And then she said she saw like a commercial for some pill online. And it basically said like, are you hurting? hurting can be depression and physical hurting can actually be depression so she found out she had been suffering from severe depression for two years she went to therapy and got onto Lexapro and has been able to kind of work herself off of the medication but you know really appreciated Mauricio during that time because he like stood by her when she was like struggling she had like all these little kids suffering through depression and and I'm glad she got help that's Mm -hmm. like really sad well I remember her talking to Yolanda about that and like she was getting pretty emotional and intense when she shared that with Yolanda and Yolanda just like blew it off and was like no this is what's wrong with me I don't have depression I'm not mentally ill yeah I mean Yolanda definitely had a lot of like backwards ways of looking at things like when she was talking to like when she was talking to the guy working at her house and like he wasn't speaking English and she was like speak English you're in America speak English like I had to learn it I learned it that's like what my immigrant ass grandma says. It's like, yeah, um, I guess, but it's also the land of opportunity and not everybody needs to speak English. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what I hear being in Germany. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, speak English, you guys. It's Germany. <laughs> so she talks a little bit more about her mom saying her mom had, quote, a reputation for having her daughters marry very well. And she says, you can marry someone with money or without money, but you might as, you might as well have with. Okay. That's nice. I think that's everyone's ideal. Yeah, right? It doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, Kyle says she obviously wants her children to have nice lives and, you know, to find a successful man would be great. And she goes, that's why I, that's why I emphasize education so much with them. Marrying well should not be their life's plan. And I, I liked that. And I, I second that. And yeah. I appreciate her like embracing and encouraging education, which is not everybody's path, but definitely can help you lead a better life. Well, what my favorite story about Big Kathy that she put in here was about them getting followed home by the, oh. from the airport one day. And like these people were following them and she like stopped at the gas station, went to the car, they rolled down their window and she was like, 
what the fuck are you doing following me? I'm like, damn, like you're going to confront people who've been following you like that when you got your kids in the car? I mean, I feel like she would straight up start a fist fight or like maybe have a gun in her glove compartment. But that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know. I guess times were different back then because I would not do that these days, but. I, I won't do anything these days. Like, I remember I told my dad when I was in high school driving, I, like, gave someone the middle finger. He's like, you kidding me? You gave someone the middle finger? He could open up his glove compartment, take out a gun, and shoot you. I was like, what? I'm not even going to honk at anyone. Mm-hmm. What? Like, that's so scary. Like, I didn't even <laughs> think of that. Jesus Christ. Like, fuck. And then I'm like, yeah, people are fucking nuts lately. Like, don't follow Big Kathy's advice here. But no, I- do not confront men following you in a car yeah. at a gas station. Do not do that. She talks about how the infamous ring was given to Kyle over Kathy and Kim because both of them had their own independent wealth at that point, and her mom said she knew she was responsible. So I guess the ring initially had been on a different band, but she wanted to get, quote-unquote, something simple, mm-hmm. and then ended up getting, like, like, a ring that looks like a cast. Like, it looks like her finger is broken, and she needs a cast on her finger that's like what the band looks like and it's like a gothic a gothic style ring with swords on the side and cognac diamonds mixed in with regular diamonds it's like oh subtle simple clearly no i'm not a i'm not a fan of that ring and i don't think that looks like kyle style at all but like obviously it's sentimental so that's why you're gonna love it and think it looks awesome but i yeah i would definitely at least be like hey Maybe we can try to redesign this together um, to maybe make it still sentimental, but someone needed to step in and say, like, this ring is hideous. Well, I think Carlton told her and was like, this is how you should have this ring look like, because I think it looks like a Carlton ring. It does look like a Carlton ring, and I'm shocked that after Carlton would say something about it that she didn't go and immediately get it fixed. Well, yeah, she talks about how her mom passed away from breast cancer. They found it when she was in stage three to stage four so it was pretty serious by the time they found it they talked about how it started in her breast moved to her lungs and her brains her mom was kind of always in denial and you know she smoked consistently drank a lot didn't exercise and didn't watch what she ate and so kyle has always tried to make um, a conscious effort to be healthy throughout her life to to not have this happen to her of course and yeah her mom passed away in kim's house in a hospital bed which like poor Kim like another really shitty thing for Kim to have mm-hmm. to be the one whose house that happens in but I know a lot of families prefer someone die in the home rather than in a hospital or hospice so hopefully I wonder that, happy with that I wonder if that's why she moves houses a lot maybe she like hates houses because she's like yeah. this is where people die damn that's like probably it kim (laughs) kim's had like a lot of weird death in her life too like that boyfriend who like randomly got murdered when she was on the phone with him what oh i didn't hear about that i thought you were talking about her her ex-husband because didn't did he die in her house too i I think he might have been in her house i feel like he was living with her towards the end yeah he was so yeah Mm. poor kim yeah, but yeah she like had a boyfriend who randomly was murdered when he was talking with her on a payphone. <laughs> like, she like heard him on the phone was like hello he's dead <laughs> maybe fuck? it's a good thing that kim and brandy are actually friends because they they've got a lot of shit 
Yeah, they've both got fucked up trauma that really the only two of them can kind of deal with together. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much for catching up with me, Megan O'Donnell, on this episode of Bravo Happy Hour. Until next time, be sure to follow Bravo Happy Hour on all social media platforms and feel free to shoot me an email, bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any hot juicy gossip or just to say what's up. Stay tuned on Tuesdays and Fridays for more episodes of Bravo Happy Hour. And if you're loving the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give me some love in the form of a five-star review. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.